Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Listen, I have I have what I believe is God's uh, a word for someone or some some people this morning. Uh, just a one. I'm not going to be making a series out of this. I believe that God spoke to me on this message. If you have your Bible, I want you to turn to First Kings, the nineteenth chapter. We're going to go there in just a few moments. But I want to speak to you this morning about a single word. And that word is when. When. As a matter of fact, when, uh, why don't you, while you're turning, why don't you say that with me? Say, when. Come on, say it again. When. As you're turning there, let me, let me just kind of, uh, uh, set the foundation or make, make a little introduction on this. Because how many of you know that there are many people in, in the culture and the society and the times that we live in right now, that believe the world we live in right now is a much scarier place than when our, our grandparents and maybe our parents grew up in. Um, we, we have, and, and not to, not to uh, get into it too far, but how many, of you, how many of you realize if you listen to the news nowadays, we have multiple school shootings. We, we have, uh, you know, we didn't used to hear about that. We have global terrorism that we didn't used to hear about. We have uh, uh, beheadings. I mean, I remember growing up as a, as a child and, and beheadings and, and burnings, you know, of uh, people, you know, people that were alive and they would burn them to death. That was something that was done in the Dark Ages. But we have those and we hear about those kind of things. Now, we have, we, we, we have radicalized religion that, is, that just flies in the face of most everything that we have ever believed would be proper and just. We, we, have, we have cell phones that can connect us instantly to everything that's happening in the world. We, we know, listen, if you, if you have the technology in your hands, you know how to work it. I, I found out last week, my wife, uh, I was trying to do something, and, and my wife so lovingly told me, said, well, honey, you're not stupid, you're just ignorant. And, and it, it caught me for a minute, and I kind of went, what? And she said, well, stupid can go bone deep, but ignorant you can check, you can check and you can fix that if you just learn. But, you know, if you have the, the iPhone and stuff like that, you can go online, you can know immediately what the economy is doing. All you have to do is punch a few things into your phone and you can know immediately if the economy is rising up, if the Dow Jones is rising, if the economy is starting to tank. Come on, somebody. You can know immediately around the world where another bomb from a terrorist went off. If you watch news by any chance, uh, they, they cycle this thing and they constantly put it into our face of another bomb went off, another hurricane or another earthquake or this happened or that happened. And we immediately know where throughout the world bombs went off or, or especially they'll say, oh, we, we were able to get this one before it went off. You know, and we know immediately about this stuff. Now, the problem with all of that is, though, in all of that knowledge, we begin to realize how vulnerable we are. We realize how vulnerable we are. And truthfully, when, listen now, when all of that happens, when we get all that information, what we realize is, yes, it's true, the world without Jesus Christ can be a very scary place. I don't know if you ever heard this, but this was, a, this was a statement that was probably back in the 70s or the 80s, maybe the 90s, I don't remember, but it's been several years ago that I first heard this statement. And it's the statement that says, sometimes God calms the storms, and sometimes He calms His child. 
think that's probably that's probably very true. But but listen, regardless of the storm or the storm cloud, whether God dismissed it and, and told it to go away, or whether He gave us strength to get through it, whether we do. Whatever the storm is, what we have to understand is that we encounter, every storm that we encounter does not pass through our life without leaving some kind of a residue. Are you in this house? A storm that enters your life will leave an evidence or an effect or a residue from it. And when, everybody say when. When that happens, the effect and the residue that, what, what happened can absolutely bring fear into our lives. Now, what what I hope you're hearing and and understanding this morning is, listen, I hope that you're hearing that this is not really a question of could storms happen, could things happen in our life, but it's really a question of when. Listen to me. Everybody say when. I know some of you are going to say, Pastor, that is not me. Bless God. I'm a faith person. I am a faith man. I'm a faith woman. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm grounded in the Word. I, that, that's not faith, Pastor. That's just an acceptance of defeat. And I'm not going to give in to the devil. Listen. Listen to me. No, 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 no. This message and what I'm talking about is not about a lack of faith. It's not an acquiescence to the, to the enemy's plans. But rather, listen to me very closely now. I want to talk to you about why we have faith. Oh, you didn't catch that. I want to talk to you about why we have faith. Because there will be some win moments in your life. There will be some win moments. Listen, Philippians would not have told us that we can do all things through Christ if there wasn't going to be a time in your life where you were going to feel like you couldn't do anything. Listen, Jeremiah would not have said that the plans God has for us are good if there wasn't going to be a moment in time when you weren't going to feel like he was thinking about you at all. David would not have said, I will bless the Lord at all times if there wasn't going to be a moment in time when you didn't feel like giving any kind of praise because you were in, it was in your, come on, it's in your face. So this is not about a lack of faith, but rather why we have faith. See, you may not shout this morning, but I want you to live life victorious. I don't want this house, I don't want you, I don't want myself to go up and down all the time, in and out, never realizing that God can sometimes keep me even in the storm, whether He dismisses it or not, He can bring me through. When? Everybody say when. You see, even when the storm comes, and even when life gets overwhelming, can you just be honest and say life has been overwhelming at times for you? <laughs> come on, come on. Some of you, some of you didn't have to raise your hand. That's okay. How many of you had more than one opportunity when you've seen life that just was strength? You raised both hands. Come on. How many of you are worried about your feet right now? Come on, somebody. What I'm trying to tell you is that when life comes in and it tries to overwhelm us, the Bible says that God is still with us and present and He's speaking. Listen, His words and His presence is what can calm every wind moment and keep it from becoming paralyzing with fear. 
Let me, let me show you this this morning because I, I, I don't, I don't want to take a whole lot of time because I believe that God has a message for someone to listen to very closely today. Because I, I want to show you this in the life of the prophet Elijah. Everybody say Elijah. See, th- th- this was a man of God, a great man of God, awesome man of God, an awesome prophet of God in the Old Testament. Miracles, absolute miracles and signs and wonders out of his life that God through the Holy Spirit did. But he had to face off with some wind moments. In fact, the Bible talks about one time when, when he had just prayed and preached in an awesome Holy Ghost meeting. Now, some of you that are Pentecostal know exactly what I'm talking about when I say a Holy Ghost meeting. That's when you have, as in Kentuckyism, or in Kentucky terms, when you have a Kentucky gully washer of the Holy Ghost that comes in and just comes and just blesses everybody. I mean, you've got people that are snotting and crying and their makeups are running and mascara and Maybelline didn't know how to prepare for this because the Holy Ghost done shook them up. That's a Holy Ghost. Listen. Now that's emotionalism. You better believe it. And now we all emotional. Listen, if you can go and root for the, the, the Reds, or you can root for the, 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 the Bengals, oh Jesus, or if you can root for the Colts, and get all emotional, you come in the house and you think you're all stymied and, and stuck, and, 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 and you just, abu- come on somebody, we are full of emotions. Reach over and pinch the person. No, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. But listen, if you get pinched, you're going to react, right? If you have something... We are emotional creatures. But this was Elijah. He had just preached and prayed in a Holy Ghost meeting. Come on, he had just preached. And you know what happened? Fire came down from heaven. It licked up the water that he poured on the sacrifice. It burned up the sacrifice. And the Bible says that Elijah went out and killed all the prophets of Baal right there with him. I mean, he preached to those people of Israel. They came back around in their senses. They repented before God. And they came back to the living God. And they had a Holy Ghost revival. He had just, my neighbor say, he had just. He had just done that. And he then had a win moment. Come on, see, this is what we got to understand. Elijah had just been in a Holy Ghost moment, and then he comes out of it and has a win moment. He gets word that the king, Ahab, and the queen, Jezebel, didn't like him. In fact, they didn't like had actually grown to the point of hate, to the point that they were going to look. They were looking for him to kill him. And when that happened, everybody say when. When that happened, Elijah, who had just had a Holy Ghost meeting, became so depressed. So overwhelmed with fear that he ran into the wilderness, got up into a mountain, and hid himself in a cave. Everybody say when. See, I believe by the Holy Ghost I'm talking to somebody this morning. I believe by the presence of the Holy Spirit I'm talking to someone this morning. You need to listen. Now, I know in this scripture that we're about to read, 1 Kings 19, I'm going to read verse 11 and 12. I know some of you have heard this passage, many of you have heard it, but I'm praying you will have fresh ears today. Because it says, in 1 Kings 19, 11 and 12, And he, God, said, Go forth, where? 
out of the cave. He was telling Elijah, come out of the cave and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and a strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake... But the Lord was not in the earthquake, and after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire, and after the fire, a still, small voice. Now, let's just stop for a second, because before you go too far and get on a level into the still, small voice and think you know where I'm going with this, come back with me for a minute, because there's a whole lot of wind moments going on right there on that mountain. There's an earthquake. There's a wind that's tornadic in, in, in its purpose or its, its expression. There is fire that's raging. Listen, come on, somebody. There's a lot of wind moments happening right there in front of Elijah. He's just come out of a wind moment and God says, Hey, come here. Let me show you some wind. How many of you know that we all want to see? How many of you want to see increase in blessing in your life? rest of you didn't raise your hand, quit lying. How many of you want to see increase in blessing in your life? How many of you want to see it in the life of the person sitting next to you? How many of you willing to be a blessing to it? Oh, come on, now see you're getting worried. Now listen, listen, we all want increase in blessing, right? We all want those things. We all want those things. We want to see those things in the life. But listen to me, listen to your pastor, listen to your pastor this morning, because to have those blessings, to walk in those blessings, and to be... Oh, come on, somebody. I am talking. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I'm talking to someone because to be that blessing, to have the blessing and be that blessing, means we're going to have to learn how to listen to the still, small voice even during the win moments of our life. See, this is why we have faith. This is why you have faith. Because there are going to be some win moments. Let me give you one. When we feel all alone. Listen, how many of you, uh, how many of you have ever felt alone? Oh, great Lord Jesus. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me get back over to this. Because I think it was awesome that God revealed himself to Elijah right there in the cave. Because let's, let's, let's be honest. Elijah was facing some, weird, some serious win moments of all aloneness. <laughs> Come on, how many of you know that sometimes you, you can be in a crowd but still feel all alone? Am I talking to anybody today? You can be in the house of God and know that all of your peeps and all of your, 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 your folk and all of your, you know, your, your, your rows filled up with all the ones who love you, quote unquote, but you can still feel all alone. That is a win moment in your life. When you feel all alone. And listen, let's, let's, just, let's just be honest with you, folks. Come on, listen. Because we've been talking about doing Jesus and doing real and doing, you know, doing life and all those kind of things. Sometimes when you start to try to do something for Jesus, when you take the risk of faith to step out there and be something for Jesus, you can experience an all-alone win in your life. The first Kings, the 19th chapter. Go back there. It says in the verse 13 to 14, a voice said to him, to Elijah, What are you doing here, Elijah? And Elijah replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, broken down your altars, and put your prophets to death with a sword. Now listen to this next statement. 
I am the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me. Listen, this is a win moment for Elijah when, when the feelings of aloneness came rushing in, even to the point that he starts praying that he can die. Oh, come on, you don't, you don't, you're, not, you're not putting these two together. He just was in a Holy Ghost meeting. He was just singing up in the altar. Oh, come on. I'm about to get on someone's bench. He was just in the present. Come on. And then a weird moment. Now, I don't know if you've ever been there. Maybe, maybe not suicide. Maybe you were. Listen. When you felt alone. You felt detached. And you felt deserted by friends and family. Maybe even felt like God Himself had deserted you. He who promised He would never leave and never forsake had forsaken and left. Anybody ever felt? See, what you've got to understand is as, as much as we all crave seclusion and privacy from time to time, Come on, how many of you, how many of you have ever, how many of you understand what a whole vacation is about? A vacation is a getaway time. Everybody likes those times. We dream of those times where we can just get away from it all. Come on, come on. You know, we even really, well, I don't think they have it anymore, but I remember growing up and there's a, there's a soap commercial. Calgon, take me away. Listen, we all can crave seclusion and privacy at times, but listen, nobody wants to feel alone. Because what that means is that you have no help. No one's going to come to your aid, and there's no one that's going to be comforting or supporting you when we feel all alone. I, I, some of you are maybe too young to remember this, but in the 1980s, there was a lady by the name of Ann Landers that used to have a national column called Dear Abby. People would write into her just with questions or, or statements and, and she would respond to them. And in the 1980s, she said this, and I quote, Each of us is a little lonely deep inside and cries to be understood. I've learned how that is with stumbling, tortured people in this world who have nobody to talk to. The fact that my column has been a success underscores for me at least the central tragedy of our society. Listen, in the 1980s, the disconnectedness, the insecurity, and the fear that bedevils, cripples, and paralyzes so many of us. Listen, when we have those alone times, when we have those alone feelings, it can bring a fear into our lives that can almost paralyze us and become a grave for us. Oh, listen to me, child of God. Listen to me, beloved. Unless we force that feeling into the light and the presence of Jesus Christ. 
Listen to me, somebody. I, I'm trying. I'm, I feel like I, I'm, I'm digging for somebody's soul. Somebody's in, somebody, you've been in that wind moment when you felt all alone. And what I'm here to tell you that it is in Jesus. Everybody say, in Jesus. It's in His anointing. It's in His presence. That, that That's where the hope is. That's where the joy is. That's where the strength is. That's where the power is to overcome every wind moment of your life. It is in Him. Help me, Jesus. Listen to me, somebody, when we feel all alone, that's when we have to get back in Him. See, don't ever think that your personal time with God is not important. That's when you get in Him. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians, the second chapter, the 14th verse, Now thanks be unto God, which always causeth us to triumph. What? What? Let me try it again. What? Everybody say, in Christ. Listen to me, somebody. This is why we have faith. We talk about faith and we talk about it like it's something that's just going to be what we're going to use to get something else. Listen to me. There's going to be time that your faith is what sustains you through the wind moments so you can get on in your life. Everybody say, when? This is why we have faith, because there's going to be some win moments when we feel all alone. And, and, let me not stop there, but let me tell you, there's going to be some win moments when it seems we've done all we can do. How many of you have ever been there? Where you tried, and you tried, and you tried on the same thing, and after a while, come on somebody, it seemed like everything, you've done everything you can do, so why do you try one more time? Great God. You may not be feeling the Holy Spirit, but I'm feeling enough for both of us. Listen to me, that's a dangerous and a scary place when you feel like you've reached the end. No more options, you're there. Come on, somebody. I'm, I'm talking to somebody in this house this morning. I'm talking to somebody. When you feel like it's all over, when you have no more options, and the feelings, listen now, the feelings of giving up begin to creep into your mind. Oh, Jesus. Someone needs to hear me today because one of the most wonderful things about God is this. He is ready... He's ready to take over, especially when your strength is all gone. Oh, come on, sweet Jesus. What I know about my God is that many times He'll let you expend your strength until you finally say, God, I can't. And He says, good, I can. Oh, Lord Jesus. Let me, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me go back to Apostle Paul, because he knew this in 2 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, the 7th through the 10th verse, where he said, There was given me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. How many of you have ever had a thorn in your flesh? How many of you have ever had a messenger of Satan that has been there to torment you? I don't know who it was or what it was, but this is what Paul said. He said, Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. I just got to stop there for a second because I realize what Paul's saying. There have been times that I have asked God and I've asked God and I've asked God and I've asked God. And then I went back to asking God and I pleaded with God. I said, God, you've got to take this out. 
Here's what Paul was told by God. He said, but he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. For my power, listen somebody, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, Paul said, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why for Christ's sake I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, that's when God's power makes me strong. Come on, Pastor, that's just, that's just ridiculous. No, 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 no. The power to face the when I'm weak syndrome is only found when we are in Jesus. That's when our weakness is overcome with His strength. And that's when we are really the strongest in our lives. So, Pastor, I, 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 that just doesn't sound right. Well, let me, let, me, let me go back to our original text in 1 Kings because I love the fact... Listen, I love the fact that God did not tell Elijah to run to the cave. Did you see that God didn't tell him, Elijah, get up out of here because those, that king, that queen, they hate you? You might as well get, you might as well hightail it for the mountains. God did not tell Elijah to run for the hills. But you know what? Listen to me, somebody. Because you ought to take, you ought, somebody ought to take some joy right here. Even though God didn't tell him to run, Even though God didn't tell him to hide, God was right there waiting inside the cave for when Elijah got in. Oh, you missed it. Let me just move on. See, what I'm trying to tell somebody, it doesn't matter where you've gone. It doesn't matter where fear has, has, has forced you to run. God is ready to meet you right where you are. Even though He didn't tell you to run away, He said, even though I didn't tell you, I'm still going to be there when you get there to help you have strength if you begin to get back into Me. In 1 Kings 19, verse 5, backing up just a little bit in verse 5, and 8, it says, Then he, Elijah, lay down under the tree and he fell asleep. And all at once... An angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. And he looked around, and there by his head was a cake of bread, baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank, and strengthened by that food, he traveled forty days and forty nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. See, well, I, I, I want to just, I want to not pause, but I, I need to tell somebody, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. God is not shocked that you can't make this journey by yourself. Listen, i got to tell somebody. You've been trying, oh, help me, Jesus. Help me, Holy Ghost. God is not shocked, He's not upset, and He's not disgusted with the fact that you ain't strong enough to make it all by yourself. Woo, Jesus! Somebody in the house, you've been thinking that God's been upset because you haven't been able to make it any farther than you could by yourself when all the time God was saying, listen, I've never called you to run this thing by yourself. I said, run it with me. Great Lord Jesus. He's not disgusted by the fact that once again you need His help. 
Great Lord Jesus, if you've got to ride the rails of the altar all the way to heaven, ride on, baby, ride on! I know I made some of you shocked, I think, the Easter morning when I told you I got saved that morning. I got saved again today. Well, good Lord, we need a preacher that can at least stay a couple days saved. Don't worry, I'll get saved all over again tomorrow morning. I'm going to get up in the morning. When I go to bed tonight, you know what the last things I'm going to say after I say goodnight, sweetheart, I love you. And I kiss her all over her face. Next thing before I let myself drift off, I'm going to say, Jesus, anything inside of me that's not likened to you, anything that you think is just a little bit smelly and could be a whole lot better smelling, anything that I've done, anything I've said, I want you to wash me in the blood of Jesus Christ. I want to be whole. I want to be pure. If this is the night I'm going to see you with my own spiritual eyes in heaven above, I want to come in rejoicing because I'm ready! Listen, God is not shocked that you don't have the ability to make this trip by yourself. Listen, listen, for some of you that are all that in a bag of chips on the side with a Coke in the corner. Listen, God knew that we weren't able to ever even keep the Ten Commandments. Well, I had to give them. So it would point back to Him. And say, God, I can't, you can, so here I am. See, what I believe is when that angel came with the bread and the water, God was saying, listen, Elijah, I haven't left you. I didn't call you to run this race without me. I'm here to run it with you. So don't give up on me because I have never and I never will give up on you. Speaking to someone today because I know, I realize it can get easy to be overwhelmed in this life and forget that God is right there with us. It's easy to think that we're the only ones doing anything for God. Come on, don't, don't, don't get religious. Oh, help me, Jesus. Some of you just got religious and you've, you've, this week you thought you're the only one living for Jesus. You nasty thing. You watch the news. You said, great God, there ain't nobody smart in America anymore. And we all know that you are special. Turn to somebody and say, we know you're special. We're just not saying which kind of special. See, I know it can be easy to feel alone and that we have no more options, but somebody needs to hear this preacher today. There is... Great God, I don't know why I'm yelling other than the fact that I feel this down inside of my bones. It's like a fire that's inside of me. There is God. There is always God. I don't care what storm has come. I don't care what storm has left. I don't care what storm is on the horizon. There is always God. And the strength... Listen, if you are here for the first time and you ain't used to Pentecostal charismaticism, get used to it. 
You might as well go ahead because people saw you come in. You have been in the words of Kentuckyism, root. You are root. Listen, there is always God and His strength is ready to cover your weakness. Somebody listen to me. Run to Him. Great Lord Jesus. I, just, I don't know if it's the Holy Ghost or just Ken, but I just heard somebody just needs to hear it. Run, Forrest, run. I don't know what the name of the person sitting next to you. You need to turn to him, and if you know their name, you need to say it. Say, run, Jim, run. Come on, run, Chad, run. Woo! Maha. Run, Christian, run to his presence. This is why we have faith. Because there will be win moments when we feel all alone, when we feel we've done all we can do. Let me listen. I got. I got to finish this. I got to finish this today. There will be moments when the road ahead seems unclear. Have you? Have you discovered? Have you noticed? Anybody that's been here that has been saved more than a couple weeks? How many have been saved more than a couple years? How many have been saved maybe say 10, 15 years? 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. Listen, have you noticed, have you discovered that God does not always make His plans and His ways perfectly clear to you before you get there? Listen, when I'm going on a trip, when, oh, Jesus, help me. When I'm going someplace, I like to have my GPS set. Come on, Jesus. I, I will go. I am, I, I'm, I'm strange, but I will have it on my phone. We have a GPS. I will put it on the GPS. And then I will print out the instructions and have them in the front seat. Well, you're just, you're just strange. No, I like to know where I'm going. And if the GPS doesn't look like it's working right, come on. I have been known to download a compass on my phone and say, I know I have to go north. That's not right. I'm going by what I know because I can see. We was coming out of South Carolina one time. We went with the GPS and it took us someplace God only knows. But there was a point that it kept telling us satellite cannot be found in this location. God didn't know that that part of the country existed. Or at least GPS didn't. I told her, I said, you, down, you get on that phone, you download me a, you download me a, 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 a compass. And she said, no, just, stay, just keep going with the GPS. I said, I ain't going with that. This, it's been messing us up. It's lying to us. It's a lying devil out of a pits of hell. I said, you download me a cup Because I know I have to go north and I have to go west. So if I'm going this way, I'm going to get to some place I know how to get. Listen, I like to know. Ain't nobody in the house like me. I, I am not that spontaneous. In fact, my wife's over there going, Preach. 
Preach. I may have a spontaneous bone in my body, but it's a little one. Listen, I am not very spontaneous. I plan stuff out. I like to know. I do not want to get in the car tomorrow and her and I say, where do you want to go? Let's just go. No! Number one, do we have the gas? Number one, do we have the money and cash? Number one, how long is it going to take us to get there? Number two, where are we going to stop for lunch because I'm hungry already? Number three, what are we going to do on the way there? Number four, did you, t- did you take the dogs out already and let them go mess while we out here doing this? Number five, what are you going to... Somebody that agrees with me say, Preach! Have you noticed that God has the audacity, the absolute sheer audacity to tell us, get in the vehicle with me and trust. Listen, there's going to be some moments in your life when... The road ahead does not seem very clear. So let me, let me go back to our original text in 1 Kings 19 chapter. Let me look at that original one in verse 11 through 12 one more time. The Bible says, The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. This is the original text, right? Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountain apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. See, I believe God allowed Elijah to see the wind. Everybody say, see the wind. I believe He allowed him to hear the earthquake. Everybody say, hear the earthquake. I believe that He allowed him to feel the fire. Everybody say, feel the fire. Why, Pastor? To remind him, you can't just look at the winds and the circumstances of life to determine your God's faithfulness. We've got to learn to listen and trust God. We've got to create that fire inside of us that even when the darkness comes, there's still a light to see by. Let me, I'm closing. I'm closing. Because in verse number 9, God asked Elijah a question. And I know I've, I've jumped all around in this, in this text. But in verse number 9 of the original text, God asked Elijah, He said, What are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here? See, what I believe is that God was not fussing at Elijah. He wasn't fussing at him and, t- and telling him, What is your problem? But he was challenging him and he was challenging us to remember who he is. Well, listen to me. I'm going to bring this to a close, but you've got to listen because I, I don't want you leaving. I don't want you moving if you possibly can. Because Isaiah says it this way in the 54, or 55th chapter. He says, I don't think the way you think. The way you work isn't the way I work. Come on, somebody. For as the sky soars high above the earth, so the way I work surpasses the way you work. And the way I think 
the way you think. Listen to somebody. I, I put this on Facebook this week, and I, I've just got to say it again. How many of you understand that we don't really see with our eyes? Our eyes only pass information into our mind that interprets what we see. Our minds are interpreting. The problem is, listen to me now, listen, somebody's got to hear me. The problem is when we begin to focus on the when, listen, and we forget about the who. Great Lord. Listen to me, this is why we have faith. It's like the old song that I grew up in church singing. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Though none go with me, still I will follow. Though none go with me, still I will follow. Though none go with me, still I will follow. Then he, he, one verse that said, The cross before me, the world behind. See, what I'm trying to tell somebody this morning is a very simple thing. Win can loom big. Don't forget in your win the who. Listen, I'm going to say it again to somebody. You've got to hear me. You've got to hear your pastor. You've got to hear this preacher. In your win, don't forget the who. Stand with me in this house. Come on, stand with me. I've got, I've got, to, I've got to let you go in a few minutes. But <clears throat> I don't know. I want the band to come. As they're coming, let me, let me just tell you something that, the God, that God spoke to me this week. If you could possibly, I know I've, I've gone... I am six minutes long. I apologize. I will cancel service tonight. Listen to me. I, I believe this is something from the Holy Ghost. Get that microphone, sweetie. Because God spoke to me this week and I remembered... How many of you have ever heard the term sleuthit when it comes to referring to the devil? You know what? How many of you know where that term comes from? The term actually was an early American or early colonist term, but it was a military term where they would have someone that would sneak behind, listen now, they would sneak behind the lines and they would get behind the lines and while they were engaged, while, while they were engaged in hand-to-hand combat, someone would sneak behind them and kick the legs out. They would slay the feet, which would give their side an advantage. We use that term, slewfoot, on the enemy. Why? Because the enemy, one of the enemy's chief tools is to try to kick your legs out spiritually. And you know how he does it? He uses win moments of your life. Everybody say win one more time. So what I know 
is the devil is old Slewfoot. He loves to use the winds of life to try and kick our spiritual legs out from under us. Listen, I'm talking, I, am, I have preached this message. Maybe I've not preached it to everyone in this house, but I'm preaching to someone this morning. Even if you've had your legs kicked out. Listen to me, God spoke this word to me. He said, tell them they can rebound. Come here, baby. Hey. They can rebound. You know what the word rebound means? The word rebound means to bounce back, spring back, or return and recover. When God spoke that word to me just a few nights after that, my wife was, with, was, was telling me about something that she had heard on television about rebounding. And I, I want you to... I want you to tell them. Okay, I was listening to Jensen Franklin last week, and he said that in the NBA, there there is a player on the team that their specific job is to rebound. He said they're not good at making free throws. They're not good necessarily at dribbling the ball down the court, but their specific assignment is to rebound the ball and to get it to the other players for the score. And in the, make a long story short, he said, there is a playbook that is written specifically for rebounders. And he said, in this playbook, the number one rule is to always keep your hands up. Always keep your hands up. He said, the second rule is to always keep your knees bent. And as Christians... He said, that's what we are supposed to do. We're supposed to be the rebounders. For those that are out there, we catch the vision. We catch the word. We keep our hands up before God. We keep ourselves clean. And we keep our knees bent in prayer. Listen to me, somebody. I'm declaring today somebody's going to rebound. I'm declaring today that somebody is going to rebound. Someone is going to lift their hands, bend their knees, and what the devil meant to destroy with a one moment. It's going to be a bounce back close with God. So here's what I'm declaring in the name of Jesus. I want someone in this house.